throw this shit up on Twitter and stuff too. That way people can see me see my tweets. All right, Mark, we're live. And we are live. We're here. Do you ever mess with Periscope? Uh, I've been, yeah, I've used Periscope before, uh, kind of a long time ago, though. Yeah, I think it's still around. We could easily go live on there as well. Oh, my God. Go live all over the place. Yeah, you know, I think, <clears throat> like, the more spots, why not? Like, what? I don't know if it hurts, it hurts anything. No, but, Just yeah. be fucking living all over the place. Yeah. Living La Vida Loca. <laughs> right? <laughs> sure. Is it racist that you're looking at me asking that? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> All right, just making sure. Live on YouTube. And, sorry, I'm writing this as we speak. This may not be the best uh, air piece you've ever seen in your life. Live on YouTube and Facebook. Bam. Well, bam. Done deal. We're going to talk today about nutrition. And I know we talk a lot about it, but we're going to talk about some kind of just some backwards thinking that has been thrown around. Um, some things that have come to my attention from uh, just some recent research, you know, that that long ass, that long ass trip to um, long ass trip to England and France. Um, I was listening to some podcasts that uh, Joe Rogan had and he had guys like Gary Tobbs on there. Um I was also listening to more recently uh, a bunch of different stuff about fasting. And uh, on top of all that, we got Lane Norton here on Friday. Tomorrow we got Josh Bryant. Um, and we also have Jake Cutler, Phil Heath uh, coming up as well as Steph Cohen, Hayden Bow. Um, I mean, it's just shit's just jam packed over here. Um, we're we're just getting down. Matt Brown. Almost forgot about Matt Brown. Fucking badass UFC fighter. He's gonna be freaking fantastic. <laughs> and uh that's what we have going on. So I wanted to hop on here and you were uh sometimes what happens here at Super Training is we're just kind of shooting the shit and I'm like, let's podcast. And Andrew's like, fuck yeah. And so here we are. I ain't scared. That's what happens. <laughs> How do I look at the questions? Can I go onto my own Facebook and watch myself live? I think so. I might have to restart the Facebook live, but the YouTube is still going. Um, hmm. I see there's 37 people on there now, and they're, like, watching me, but it's, like, not in that time. How do I find the comments? Let's see if I click on the video. Oh, there's the comments. All right, I'm good. I just want to be able to see some of this just in case, you know, I can start answering some questions. But right off the bat, we're not going to mess with questions for a minute. So uh, I may... Whoops. I may uh I may check in with you guys in a minute, but here we go. Uh let's see. Well, for starters, did you eat anything weird while you were overseas? Cuz I know like uh at least in the movies, <laughs> they show like uh other countries serve weird foods and whatnot. Yeah, you know, I I didn't really eat anything uh too weird. Um when I ate in the Eiffel Tower when I was in France um, with the Fam Fam, we sat down for lunch at twelve and got out of there at about four thirty. 
So that's a mm. traditional uh, French uh, cuisine is is served that way. They take their time. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's like a big event. You know, they yeah. serve you drinks and serve you food, and uh, they take their time with it. And you get many many courses of uh, of food. And uh, during that, I mean, there were some things that were a little different, but uh, the main thing that I ended up like my main course for that meal was veal, which mm-hmm. I've had you know before, but that was it was really really good. Uh, the desserts were really good. Like everything was really good, but I just think, you know, in terms of being fat, like no one does it better. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, no one does it better than middle America. No one does it better than the U S of a and, uh, other countries are getting fat though, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, Mexico, uh, as well. And then mm-hmm. other countries are just getting more and more, uh, like kind of first world problems where they're getting, uh, excess of, of, uh, of chips and snacks and cookies and everything else. Because it's easier to get it to other places, right? Yeah. Yeah, people are just... Right. So as I was listening to Gary Tobbs um, through many different... I would listen to him on YouTube. I listened to him do a presentation to CrossFitters. Um, and if you haven't checked out anything from Gary Tobbs, you should listen to him. And if you're somebody... If you're going to listen to any of these people, if you're going to listen to Mike Walker talk about sleep, or you're going to listen to Gary Tobbs, or you're going to listen to Tim Ferriss, or you're going to watch, you know, Joe Rogan podcast or this podcast, always try to go into it um, with an open mind. Mm-hmm. You know, the worst thing you can do is is to think, oh man, I'm not going to listen to this guy because he's vegan, or I'm not going to listen to this guy because he does keto. I'm not going to listen to this guy because he's talking about eating carbs. Um, would it be possible? that Phil Heath would have, would be loaded with some great information, even though obviously Phil Heath is going to be somebody that utilizes a lot of carbs. So it'd be completely asinine of me to not listen to him. Um, it would also be asinine of anybody to, to listen to somebody like Phil Heath and think that what he's talking about only applies to bodybuilding and that it can apply to sports nutrition, that it, that it would never apply to basketball or football or baseball or, uh, running 10 miles. Right. So there are some mistakes that people are making though. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that I'm seeing is, um, one, one of the biggest like outlier diets in the history, uh, of this planet is the Atkins diet. Um, years ago, Dr. Atkins came up with uh, a ketogenic style diet. There was some, there were some talks, uh, previously before that about uh, lower carbohydrate diets. He's not the guy that like invented it or anything. He didn't invent ketones. Um, but he's the one that really did bring it to the forefront and, uh, he actually ended up dying. And when he, and when he died, uh, we talked about this when my brother and I were on Joe Rogan's podcast, when he passed away, his like wife didn't allow for like an autopsy cause she was concerned about, uh, he, he was, he was heavy. She was concerned that, you know, he would be a ridicule, um, because people would be like, oh, he's on the Atkins diet. And she was, you know, nervous that it would help. Uh, her finances, right? And it would help their branding and it it would hurt their company. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of that's understandable. I mean, medical information, um, uh, it's up to individuals whether they want to keep those things private or not. And people make, people make weird assumptions. And um, to think that you're going to go on a diet and not die from a heart attack is kind of a mistake. Like you're still going to die of something. Mm -hmm. Something, Some shit's still going to happen to you and you're still going to die. You can do things in your life that would help you to avoid um, cancer, but it's probably just prolonging, uh, you avoiding it. You probably still might get it. Same thing with uh, heart disease. I don't think, 
it seems to be fairly clear that uh, most of us can escape uh, type 2 diabetes with our nutrition, with exercise, and with being smart about what you consume. It doesn't appear that we can uh, escape everything, though. We can't, like, you know... When Ron Penn was on the podcast, I said, I don't think we'll ever get to a point where we can totally like reverse heart disease. And he disagreed, but I'm thinking to myself, well, what are you going to die from? Mm -hmm. Like you're, if you're like, if your brain shuts down, I don't even know. Like if you die, I think you die only when your heart stops pretty much. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I could be a fucking idiot. I could not even know that information, but you get my point is like, we have to die from something. And just because you're trying to have a healthier lifestyle doesn't mean uh, that you're immortal doesn't mean that you're going to live to 140. And we had Kyle Kingsbury on uh, just the other day, and he talked about that. And he talked about how you can have shock proteins, and there's different things you can do. Going into like infrared sauna, um, you can uh, have better longevity. Perhaps some of the research is showing that, leaning towards that. And there's definitely a lot of other things you can do. Um, there's something called autophagy, which happens when you fast. Um, it's the, the killing of, of old cells. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to go too deep into it because I don't really know the science behind it. But it it sounds promising. Sounds like there's a lot of good information there. And we can talk to Dr. Lane Norton when he's on, on the podcast. He'll be able to help us a lot more with that. But there's when, it, when Dr. Atkins came out with his research, came out with his information, other people in the community were like, there's no way that this works. And they ran, they ran quite a bit of studies on it and they found that they were wrong. They found that not only did it work in terms of weight loss, but it also worked in towards, it worked, uh, for health management as well. It worked with like all cause mortality. It helped, um, with heart disease, it helped with type two diabetes, it helped with a bunch of other things. Now here's where I think we're losing. Um, well, we're losing a lot of areas, but the number one area that we're, where we're losing is when people get on a soapbox about a particular diet. Now I know I've been promoting the war on carbs, but I also make my story very clear on why I promote it on why I promote low carb lifestyle. I do not, I do not believe a low carb lifestyle is for everyone. I think if you're playing football, if you're an MMA fighter, I I don't think that you need this low carb lifestyle. Now, maybe you utilize it sometimes, but for maximum sports performance in most sports uh, that aren't just flat out endurance sports, I don't think a ketogenic diet, I don't think it's a good idea. And not only that, I just don't think it even makes any sense. I think that we need carbohydrates. Stan Efferding had the quote of, you know, I can use the stairs to get to the top of the Empire State Building, but I'd rather use the elevator, right? (laughs) Yeah. And, um, you know, his point is, is like, carbohydrates are great, a great weapon and they can help us get to where we want to get to faster if we utilize them. Now, the problem is, is that we abuse them and we end up with something called insulin resistance, which I'll dive into in a second. But I think that, um, and I don't know what Dr. Atkins original mission was. I'd have to go back and kind of look it up and see what he was trying to do. But in people's efforts to fight type two diabetes, they stumbled upon some of these things for low carbohydrate style diets. And a low carb, a low carb diet to fight disease, to fight diabetes and to fight perhaps heart disease and to fight some other things off. Um, that's, that proves that, I mean, that seems to be working well in fighting disease. 
and the elimination of carbohydrates. We have the carnivore diet. Um, we got many different versions of monitoring your carbohydrates, monitoring the amount of sugar that you take in, and we have people getting healthier. Now, where we screwed up was we thought that we would take that same diet and we thought that we would apply that to you having maximal output in sports performance. And that's where I think the biggest mistake is. How could you be on any diet that's restricting you of, of too many things? I mean, the only thing your diet should restrict you of is junk. And that, and if, if you're talking about maximal sports performance, because those things are going to, um, take up space in your stomach. You don't have enough real estate in your stomach to do anything else that's bad for you. You have, um, it's almost like being distracted, uh, by, it's almost like being distracted by something that goes off your normal path of what it is that you want to accomplish. You don't have time to be fucking around over here. If you want to be the next Steve jobs, you don't have time for those other things. Your stomach doesn't have time for you to eat pizza. If you want to be the greatest running back in the history of the NFL, you, you may not have time to do that unless, unless you can genetically beat it. Cause sometimes that happens, right? Um, who knows, maybe Emmett Smith and maybe some of these guys, maybe they didn't have great nutrition and that's just the way that their body works. Everybody's body is going to work a little differently sometimes. And some people have to worry about it more than others. Remember in school, you'd have the kid that sat next to you that was getting, you know, straight A's all the time. And he was like, oh, I didn't even study. Right. Yeah. And you're like, how the fuck did that happen? I got a 30 out of a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember uh, when the Kings were like on top of the world, you know, well, second, yeah, being on top of the world. Uh, they would you would hear stuff about like Chris Weber, like his pregame meal was like two twenty-piece chicken nugget meals. That's what he ate right before a game. Right, dude. Like, yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not fair. And you know, I think what most people would say, what most coaches would say, strength coaches, um, people that are big into nutrition. Most people would say he could have probably done better, yeah, you know, that's yeah. what, that's what most people would probably say. And, um, you think about Chris Weber's career, he kind of, he fell short a lot of times, right? Unfortunately he was, yeah. now that doesn't, it doesn't ensure anything, you know, just cause LeBron James has done a ketogenic diet in the off season doesn't mean that everybody needs to do one. Right. But LeBron James uh, chose to do that because he wanted to lose some weight. He lost like 20 pounds. I think, I think in his case, he even admitted like I lost too much weight. Mm-hmm. But that that's what a ketogenic diet can do. It can be used specifically for something. A, a, a diet that's richer in carbohydrates, maybe like a bodybuilding, a traditional bodybuilding style diet where uh, all six meals you're eating carbs, fat, and protein. And the, uh, the, primary thing, the primary thing that you're eating the most of is normally protein. And the carbohydrates are pretty high and the fat is pretty low. In my opinion, there's really only two styles of diets that you can do. You can either do one that's like a, and I, I hate even using the word keto because as I've explained on the show before, um, it's not really keto unless you're like producing ketones, unless you're in like a ketogenic state and not everybody's going to be there all the time when they eat low carb. There's many factors for that. Some people will have, um, they'll eat a surplus of protein, which might not allow them to produce ketones. Anyway, my point is, is that a, you are, you have uh, one of two choices. A low carb lifestyle where you're trying to utilize fat as your main fuel so- source, a low carb style diet where you're trying to use 
your fat as your main fuel source. And the other style of diet is a bodybuilding style diet where you have carbs, fat, and protein in the mix. Now, somebody just say, what about flex, flexible dieting? What about if, if it fits your macros? Those things are all extended versions of a bodybuilding style of diet. Those things are, in my opinion, um, and if it fits your macros and some of these other things that have come about where people are tracking their food is also to me a lot like Weight Watchers. That's not a negative knock on anything by any means because Weight Watchers actually just did a great job. Weight Watchers under knows that, uh, from the time we're little kids that we understand, um, we understand one thing very easily is that we understand games and we understand points, right? And so Weight Watchers utilizes points. If you're to eat a McDonald's Big Mac, that's going to be X amount of points. And you you can only afford so many points in a given day, right? And that's the way they have you track it. It's a way of taking, um, it's, it's a way of, of taking, uh, these larger numbers, 2000 calories and, and 20 grams of fat and all this, all this headache of all these macronutrients that we're taking in. We got carbs, fat, protein, and total calories to keep track of every meal. Well, if I just looked at a cheeseburger and said, that's a 10 and a, um, a piece of steak, that's a five chicken breast. That's a five, right? Like if you can just, that's what happens when you're on a weight watchers diet. Cause you can start to associate it with points. So they actually did a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. Um, especially more modern times, they, they changed some of their thinking. Uh, they switched some of the, uh, things to be a little bit more positive towards protein. And there's various reasons for that. But the main reason why I wanted to talk about this today is that there's just seems to be a lot of confusion. People are just getting fatter all the time. Um, Lane Norton actually made a post kind of recently where he showed that, uh, people have gotten the message in America. People understand, they know that sugar is a problem. Um, I think also that people know that they need to exercise. I think more and more people know that they need to exercise. Let's say anyone who's for the age of 45, uh, down and down, um, all that generation, you know, from my age group and, and slightly higher to your age group, which is 32, 33. 33 and even beneath that a little bit right around, you know, well, I'd say everybody, I'd say everybody beneath that definitely knows, but in most of the people that are going to face any sort of health issues within the next decade, which that's going to happen probably like within the next decade, maybe next decade or two, depending, right. When you're in your fifties, when I'm in my fifties, when I'm in my sixties, when you're in your 40, when you're 45, that's when you start to have problems. That's when you start to run into things. My dad was probably about 40. I think my dad was right around 40. He started running into some uh, problems here and there. Um, anyway, as we start to head, head towards some of those things, um, we're going to have to be conscious that we're exercising. We're going to be conscious we're doing all these things, but a lot of times it doesn't even help. I think, you know, um, as, as crazy as it sounds, Donald Trump made the statement that he, he only thinks that we have so much energy in a given day. And so he doesn't <laughs> exercise. Right. Yeah. And everybody laughs and everyone just now, you know, I, I, what I would say is like, I've heard of crazier things before. You know, I, I've heard of all kinds of weird, different things working. And, and if what Kyle Kingsbury said and what some other people we've had on this podcast have said that stress is stress maybe he's like slightly got a point. Like maybe your body doesn't know that, uh, there's these different types of stress that can really, um, 
really affect us, but maybe lifting weights and maybe uh, being so hung up about having a set of abs and being so hung up about what you eat on a daily basis. Is it possible that that's overstressing some of us? And, and maybe we're holding on to our body fat because as I'll get into in a minute, being fat and being overweight is, is not a hundred percent related to just, uh, what you eat. Um, although what you eat kind of gets you in that position, but it, it's, uh, the hormones in your body, not heading in the right direction towards mm-hmm. you being healthier, towards you le- being leaner. Yeah. Did you ever mess with like uh, carb cycling or, cause I know you do intermittent fasting every mm-hmm. once in a while, but how about something like carb cycling? Yeah. So like when I first started doing a ketogenic diet, um, I did a diet called, uh, uh, one of the first low carb diets I did was, uh, from a friend of mine named Ron Fedko, who used to coach me and my brother in powerlifting. And he would say, you know, about every eight days or so have a cheat day. And when we had our cheat day, we would just like get after it. Yeah. Like me and my brother would just like set up shop and, you know, go get peanut butter cups and do all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Um, and we just, we didn't really know, you know, we're like, okay, well, we're good for these six days. And so on the eighth, on the, on that seventh day, rather, um, we'd have ice cream and pizza and this and that. He, Cause he kind of told us we could eat whatever we want. What kind of pizza? <laughs> well, we lived in New York, so mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, some of the best pizza in the world, but <laughs> Um, I, I, I kind of like cheese pizza quite a bit. Cause I think that the more shit that you put on there, you start to ruin some of the flavor of actual pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like other stuff on there too. I don't mind it, but anyway, that's kind of how I started. And then oh, as the years progressed, I got into some different diets, but there was almost always a cycle out of it. There's almost always carbohydrates that, that cycled you out of a keto diet. Mm-hmm. And there's numerous reasons for it. Again, going back to taking a, a, a medical diet that can help reverse type two diabetes. And, uh, people took that diet and they're like, oh, this is great for sports. And it's not great for sports. It's not, it might be good for some sports, but it's not great for most sports. Um, there's a lot of things that are going to require carbohydrates, even even Dr. Baker, who's breaking world records and rowing, and he's in his fifties, mm-hmm. um, and he's going to deadlift over 700 pounds. I would still say he still would be better off with at least some carbohydrates. Now, what most of these diets never really took into account though, is that what do you, what do you do if you've already been fat? What do you do if you are all, if you already accumulated a lot of body weight? Because the real story is you have to figure out a way to get people to eat less food, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a calories in calories out person, but calories do matter to a certain extent. And if you took some portion sizes, you reduce some portion sizes from most people and had them walk, they'd probably lose some weight. The thing is, is if, if, if we went in and, and put them, uh, you know, we, we put them on lockdown and made them do it, mm-hmm. most of them would probably be successful, but most people don't have the willpower to do that. And the reason for that is a 300 pound person is going to eat more than a 200 pound person. The hunger and the cravings came first with everybody. The hunger and the cravings came first. You didn't start out weighing 300 pounds. You built up to being 300 pounds because you had a hormonal imbalance in your body that was created by yourself. So some of it's your fault created by yourself, but some of it, some of it, you might even be able to date it back to what mom ate. When you, when you were, when you were a baby, 
Um, there's a lot of factors in there. Um, where your ancestors came from, right? There's a shit ton of things that we don't have any control over. Mm -hmm. But we do have control over, we have control over figuring out what is this problem and how do we attack it? Mm -hmm. The reason why a low carb style diet works is because it attacks the two things that are the main culprits of you being fucking fat in the first place, which is not you being lazy. The main two things that are, are responsible are the fact that you have food cravings that you no longer have control over and you have too much hunger and too hungry. You're hungry because you're bigger. Mm -hmm. And so I think that a lot of times people will just be like, man, I just like, why can't that person just eat less? Well, you try being 300 pounds and see how much, see how little you want to eat, yeah. right? Yeah. You have more capacity. You have more capacity in the same way. It sounds insane to compare it, but the same way uh, that a child grows, you know, from, if you took, if you weighed somebody at eight years old versus weighing them at 12, they're going to weigh a lot more. And what are the parents going to say? Parents can say, man, he's eating like a goddamn machine. Mm -hmm. He's eating everything in sight. Well, he's eating because he's growing. He went from being 80 pounds to 120 pounds. He's eating because he's growing. He's not growing because he's eating. Now you can make an argument that maybe he'll grow more efficiently if he has the correct vitamins and minerals and nutrients. But a lot of times those things happen even earlier in your life. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's, you know, something that Gary Tobbs did a really good job of pointing out. And that's just the thing that I think that if we can have better perspective into why people are getting heavy, then maybe we can have, we can have a better conversation with them about how they should go about attacking it mm -hmm. rather than saying, Hey man, like you, you got to work out three times a day. You got to walk three times a day. You got to, you got to lift weights, uh, three times a week. You need to do, you know, intermittent fasting and, uh, sprint work. And just, mm -hmm. it's like, what the fuck? Like, I don't <laughs> want to do any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you're saying, so like a, a kid going from 80 to 120, it's cause his body's growing. So he has more capacity. Uh, and you're saying somebody who's 300 is going to eat more than somebody who's 200 pounds because they have more capacity. But like we were discussing like off air, what comes first, you know, is it the chicken or the egg? Are they eating more because they grew or did, yeah, they, yeah. did well, they grow because they're eating more? Uh, they, uh, what came first was cravings and hunger. Yeah. Those are the things that came first because they abused carbohydrates and because they abused the way that the system works. Um, people, you know, like a hundred years ago, you may have had access to sugar a few times a week. Uh, maybe even like, um, maybe even like once or twice a week. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well now people in the United States don't go three hours without a dose of sugar. And I'm not talking about like just people eating ice cream, right? You know, keep in mind that everything that you ingest turns into sugar in your body. Mm -hmm. It's called glucose, and that's what happens, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that all of it's bad. It doesn't mean all of it's good. It just means that it just means what it means. It means that it's a carbohydrate, and whenever you take in a carbohydrate, it's going to cause your insulin to increase, mm -hmm. and you end up with something called insulin resistance. When you have insulin resistance, you're basically pre-diabetic, and it's something in the neighborhood of 200 million people in the United States suffer from this. And that's just the people that are diagnosed. How many people are in their 20s and, and 30s and stuff that have never even been to the doctor to even right. see where any of that, how many people have, how much of a pain in the ass did you get your blood work done yet? 
No, I haven't because it's a, it's, fucking pain, it's in the a pain in the ass. Pain yeah. in, it's a pain in the balls. It's not like you can go to Walmart and just get your finger pricked and they, you know, a week later they send you the results or yeah. whatever. It's, it's kind of a pain in the ass to get yeah. it set up. Yeah. Can you um, describe insulin resistance? Um, like exactly you know, what that means? I ain't no doctor. So what? I'll just. Uh, Hold on. <laughs> yep. I, uh, I might be a gynecologist though. I have a lot of experience down in that neighborhood. I believe but... it's gynecologist. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. Can I get a hey now? <laughs> Jessica oh. Smith shaking her head. Denied. I might be kicked out <laughs> off the team. Um, insulin resistance is, is just, is, is basically your body's not doing a good job of, uh, handling the influx of insulin. Insulin is supposed to take your carbohydrates and carry them into the muscle cells and be like, Hey, here we go. We're going to make this guy more jacked. Mm -hmm. But because you've had how many bowls of cereal as a kid, you know, and how many bowls of ice cream and you just abuse the fuck out of uh, carbohydrates and sugar over a long period of time, you're now resistant to that insulin that's being produced by your pancreas and your body is taking the carbohydrates and it's putting it in the wrong spot. It's mm. putting it in your, in, it's putting it in the fat cells. Um, when you're insulin sensitive, which most younger kids are insulin sensitive, they can handle those carbohydrates. And that's why we have such a diverse population of people who are waving their fists saying, you're a fucking idiot talking about keto. And you got other people waving their fists saying, you're, you know, you're an idiot for not talking about keto. Right. And so a lot of it has to do with how people react to the carbohydrates that they're taking in. Some people are insulin resistant and some people could really use the help of a low carb lifestyle. And some people don't probably necessarily need it. Yeah. If you look at, uh, our boy Smokey, Smokey is probably fairly insulin resistant. He's probably fairly sensitive to influxes of carbohydrates. It probably just wants to hang around his waistline for whatever reason. He eats a lot of ice cream. And yeah, he's fat as fuck, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be nice by saying he's insulin resistant. No, when he, when it comes to somebody like him versus his brother, mm -hmm. his brother kind of eats whatever he wants. I mean, if you really dive into their lifestyle, I mean, I'm sure we would find some ice bowls of ice cream under Smokey's bed, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that were already eaten, right? They're completely gone. Um, find some Snickers wrappers in his car and stuff yeah. like that. But still... His brother probably just simply handles carbohydrates either easier. Mm -hmm. And you look at um, somebody like Encima, I know he's always been active um, and being active can help you with your, uh, ins how sensitive you are to insulin um, and can help fight against insulin resistant resistance. Oh, there's Smokey. Speaking can't of... talk about him anymore now that he's here. Mm. Smokey, can you get me some more water? So that way I can talk about you more. There you go. But I mean, that is, that is a huge, uh, huge difference between people is, is, uh, you know, whether they're insulin res resistant or not. And also there's different body types. Um, something that was pointed out by the, uh, the, uh, the guy that came up with mesomorph. Smokey's calling me apparently. It's weird. That is weird. He must've hit a weird button while he came in here. Um, the guy that came up with the concept of, uh, mesomorph, ectomorph and mm -hmm. endomorph, endomorph being the chubbiest, ectomorph being the skinnier, uh, he referenced the fact that you can't turn an endomorph into an ectomorph. You can't become something that you're not. If you, if you, if you're a chub, you're always a chub. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you, you can't, you can't completely fight against it. Um, there might be some people that might be able to argue 
uh, that, you, that you can, but I don't believe that you really can. Um, I am going to continue to lose weight. I'm working on like running and all these things, right? Um, but I wouldn't have to work on a lot of these things if I was just naturally uh, a skinnier person, right? Like mm -hmm. as I stopped my powerlifting career and wanted to move on to something else, if I was a thin person, like Stan, Effort Stan Efforting is actually a very thin person, uh, I would be able to weigh 175, right? Or 185, but that ain't never going to happen because that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. it, to take that a step further, your cells and everything that you have in your body uh, remembers everything. Mm -hmm. Your body's like a giant fucking computer and everything that's ever been said about you, everything that you ever thought about yourself, um, a lot of that plays into it as well as your genetics, where you came from, where mom and dad are from, uh, what your mother ate, like all these things, they start to really factor in there. And you, the, the other thing this guy mentioned too, um, the guy that came up with the concept in like the 1940s of endomorphs and ectomorphs, he said, you know, you can take a, uh, a basset hound and put it on a diet, but it's, it's, it's not going to turn into a greyhound. It's just going to be an emaciated, right? So it's yeah. just, it's going to be an emaciated chubby dog. <laughs> <laughs> it might lose weight and you might get smaller and people can make changes and they can look different. But uh, look at Tyler Cartwright, you know, when yeah. he was on the show, like he, I mean, that guy lost uh, almost 300 pounds and does he look great compared to the way he used to? Fuck yeah. He looks awesome. He did a great job. And there's other people that have lost a hundred pounds, 200 pounds and so on. Uh, I lost a hundred pounds, but I'm not going to blow away in the wind either. Right. <laughs> I hope not. I mean, my farts might blow away in the wind, or at least I hope they do. And he was a big boy. If you're not following him, by the way, he's got a lot of great information. Keto gains. Yeah. That's his before and after. Keto gains on Instagram. <laughs> so then how quick does your, uh, you know, you're saying you, your body doesn't forget stuff. Mm -hmm. So what if you're. You're doing pretty good on a diet, say a vertical diet, <laughs> and then you go camping and you eat a shit ton of s'mores and cookies and whatnot. Asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. Um, yeah. You know, the unfortunate news about that is uh, some people will say, well, you're not going to get fat in one weekend. Yeah. And that's actually untrue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's actually untrue. You can get fat from one meal, yeah. you know? So uh, I think that. I think that we have some weapons at our disposal mm -hmm. when we know about, uh, when we know about nutrition and we know about exercise. So uh, what's a, what's a weapon that we can use? Um, you know, you don't always, you don't want to be a fucking freak. Right. But mm -hmm. at the same time, if you did, uh, if you're on a camping trip and you're like, you know what, first thing in the morning, I'm going to go on a hike. And then when I come back, I'm going to eat the fuck out of just like whatever's here. Yeah. I'm going to be like a giant bear and attack the, attack the campsite. Right. Power bear. Power bear. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, I mean, cause people. Well, but you can just exercise beforehand, yeah. you know, or afterwards, or you can make a decision. Uh, you know what? I'm going to eat those pancakes in the morning with as much syrup, as much butter as I want. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, later, you know, later on I'm, I'm going to clean shit up or I just won't eat. Yeah. You know, like I'm just not going to eat for dinner and, you know, because you splurged in the morning. Like right. you can make these decisions and you can decide. Um, but the hard part is you need to make the decision at every single turn all the time. And that's where it gets to be hard because you have friends that are like, oh, let's get pizza. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's get in and out. Let's get, let's go drink. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And next thing you know, 
And drinking doesn't play into any of this at all, unfortunately. It, you can drink and you can lose weight, but in general, when you drink, you're going to make poor choices, mm-hmm. uh, just life choices and, and <laughs> otherwise, right? Yeah. So uh, how enticing is a, a double-double going to be, <laughs> you know, oh, when, yeah. when, when you had a few drinks or, or even if you're high, right? Like any of these things, they're not gonna, they may not factor in there uh, that well. So, you know, we had, um, my girl Rosemary has, uh, I think sent just since I was gone, since I was gone in, uh, in the UK, she's lost like 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she was working out this morning. And I was like, fuck doing great. Like shit. What, you know, I was like, what do you lose? 10 pounds? Our boy, Charlie, Charlie Zamora. He just mm-hmm. lost about 10 pounds. Yeah. And it's just, it's not just going on a diet. It's not just picking and choosing. All right, I'm doing flexible dieting and I'm, I'm going to, uh, you know, adhere to these calories. It doesn't work that it's not that simple. You have to get used to the foods that you're eating. You have to get used to, um, Rosemary pointed out a bunch of mistakes that she was making. She's like, I wasn't really on the diet. She's like, I just kept, she's like, I would go out and drink and I would do this, this and this. And I said, well, do you still drink? And she's like, yeah, I still have some. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, you know, instead of the, um, instead of drinking, you know, five, six, however many beers it takes you to get to the point that you want to get to, um, she'd have hard alcohol. And it sounds like, you know, you're trading one thing for another, but that is a good option. Mm-hmm. Um, having vodka Vodka doesn't have carbohydrates in it. It's in it's some sort of weird, we can talk to Lane Norton when he's here about that more. Um, but it's some sort of weird, uh, some sort of weird thing where it, it's not going to spike your insulin levels as bad. Now, the problem is you're going to get drunk <laughs> or tipsy or whatever you want to call it. Right. And you're still going to make bad choices for food and you're still going to order pizza or room service or whatever it might be, wherever you're, wherever you'll, you're at. You'll end up at Taco Bell eventually. Hmm the taco bell i love taco bell it's it's pretty bad taco bell is something i have to talk myself out of almost daily because i drive past it all mm. the time mm-hmm. and i would never in a million years stop at a taco bell so i don't know why i have to talk myself out of it but i see the commercials have you ever had a mountain dew baja blast from taco bell sounds pretty good but it's I, it's amazing i haven't had it anywhere else except for at taco bell I have never had that, but I had a Captain Crunch milkshake from Carl's Jr. <laughs> and if those guys bring that back, I'll be off my diet again. Holy fuck was that thing amazing. That was so good. That's dope. I can't wait. I can't, I can't waste. Uh, I feel like it's too much of a waste of time to eat stuff like that. Like uh, chips. I know you like French fries, so that's yeah. where you and I don't see eye to eye. Yeah. And we will fight over this one day. Um, Hopefully it's a long time away. Chips, French fries, and um, uh, any sort of drink that has like sugar in it. I yeah. I mean, other than if it's like a milkshake, you know, <laughs> then you, then you kind of caught my attention. But um, yeah, drinking like a Sprite or something, I could give a fuck about that. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather spend my calories somewhere else. I'd rather have a pizza, mm-hmm. you know. Some people are... Um, some people are crunchy people, like they like crunchy snacks and yeah. uh, other people really like sweets a lot. But I think the sweet tooth thing, I think that, I think that normally happens uh, with insulin resistance. I mm-hmm. think that the, the two are kind of connected. I think that, you know, as however old you are when you start eating, making poor choices, I mean, the information and data that's coming out more and more is showing that kids eat a lot worse than adults do now, which is like, 
the adults are already eating fucking horrible, yeah. but the adults are like, ah, I don't want to be this fat anymore. So I'm going to, you know, try to make better decisions. The mm-hmm. kids don't even know what's happening to them. Yeah. And parents out there that are listening to this, you're abusing your kid. If you're not paying attention to what they're eating, make it at least try to make some better choices for them. At least, at least, at least try to have some restriction for them. If your kid is 12 or 13 or 14, I mean, they're starting to make some of their own decisions. So it gets to be a little different, but, uh, when your kid is five and six years old and stuff like that, take the, take the time, take, take the minute, you know, take the, you know, I, I, I fucking hated cooking breakfast for everybody in the family every, like every morning, but I did it because I thought it was important. Yeah. You know, it sucked. I'm like, fuck, I just, all I want to do is cook for myself and sit down and eat. Mm-hmm. But, um, those, those are the things that are needed. Those are the things that, that need to be done. And I think parents will think, oh, you know, it's like, this is a way to show love. Like my kid's sitting here eating an ice cream sandwich while they're on the iPad. It's like, no, you fucking idiot. That's the worst thing your kid can be doing. Yeah. Fucking have a better option. Have a better choice. Maybe if the kid really wants ice cream or Froyo or whatever it is, say, Hey, we can go get Froyo. Let's go on a 20 minute walk. You know, let's mm-hmm. go. We're going to park far away. We're going to walk for 20 minutes and we're going to get some damn ice cream. We're going to enjoy it. Yeah. You know, just so, little things like that. So what if someone's fallen off the wagon, you know, they've had a, a cheap meal that's turned into a cheap month. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> what's the next step they can take? Like what's the, a, a, what's the best route that they should go follow now? <clears throat> Again, it takes, it takes a long time to, to learn mm-hmm. uh, any sort of diet that you're going to try. So if you have tried a diet before, you need to kind of ask yourself, like, have I really actually tried it? Yeah. Have I stayed true to it? And has that diet, um, have I set myself up for success within that diet? Something like a vertical diet to me is um, playing around with things that are too enticing to overeat. The carbo- This is for people that want to lose weight. Yeah. I can't stress that enough. This is not a performance-based, it's not performance-based information I'm given because, you know, for the most part, the people that ask these questions are people that are just tired of being fat. So that's, that's important to address because vertical diet is a fantastic diet if you want to be jacked and if you want to lift the most amount of weight possible. Um, I think that there's control issues though with most people that are overweight. And I think that that's, the main thing that's not addressed and most people that give out diet information aren't fucking fat or they never were fat and so i don't think they have a good strong place to speak from because they don't know what it's like they don't understand uh how enticing and how strong these food cravings can be so i think that that person that falls off the wagon they have to realize that that's the number one thing that's holding them back are those cravings and then i think you have to get yourself in a situation where you have enough food prep and you have enough, uh, you, you created an environment that's good enough to keep you strong. And you'll have to tell other people. You have to tell your, your significant other. You'll have mm-hmm. to tell your friend, your mom, your dad, whoever it is. I say, hey, you know what? I really, you know, I really want to make some changes. I'm tired of being this way. I don't want to be this way anymore. And I could really use your help. So when you see me, you know, uh, saying I'm going to the store for ice cream, I can take the keys away, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. and, and there's things that you can do. You can kind of block yourself on stuff like that. When you're having, <clears throat> when you're having those food cravings like that, you can, um, you know, I always tell people like, if you have a real bad food craving at night, um, what's always worked for me is to make like an omelet. 
I love bacon. I love sausage. I love cheese. I love eggs. I'll, I'll just make the omelet with my eyes, you know, like I'll just, I'll, <laughs> I'll make it like as big and as fucking crazy as I want. Yeah. I'll throw avocados in there and make it all just insane. Right. Like it probably has some ridiculous amount of calories, but I, in my head, I'm just thinking, Hey, this is a better option than me diving into a bowl of ice cream because the bowl of ice cream is, is going to throw me off mm-hmm. and it's going to keep me off. Um, you'll notice that when you go off your diet that you end up, <clears throat> you end up having like a carb hangover the next day and the only cure for it is more carbohydrates. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, fuck man, I had so much momentum. Why did I do that? And then you, that next day, that whole next day, and sometimes even the day after that, it is a fucking battle because those little motherfucking carb pulses are coming back in they're hitting you hard and they're you know next thing you know you're diving diving into more pizza or more ice cream or whatever it is um this shit ain't hard this shit ain't easy Mm -hmm. you know um and so anyone who's really having a hard time with some of those cravings and some of the hunger um you have to kind of pump the brakes and uh, i mentioned yesterday i almost wonder what if you were to take a survey you know, before you ate every meal, you yeah. said, is this helping? Like number one question, is this helping you towards your meal? You fat fuck. <laughs> that's, that's the first question, yeah. right? And that's, is it helping you towards your goal? I mean, honestly, is it helping you towards your goal for you to eat that pizza? Now, sometimes you can make an argument and say, you know what? Sometimes because we got to live our lives. Sometimes it's, it's, it's gotta be okay. We have to have times <clears throat> where it's okay. But as we heard Kyle Kingsbury say, which I think is a really cool way to live your life. What if your worst meal, your worst day, your worst, your worst paycheck, your worst anything was still 10%, 20%, 30% better than the rest of the population? How good does that make you feel? Yeah. Right? Because you're trying to live to a higher standard. You're trying to push the envelope. You're trying to, you're trying to be better. And I think most of us that are coming to the gym, often most of us that are concerned about our diet and our nutrition, most of the people that are listening to this podcast, they want to make those changes. They want their worst day uh, to uh, to be better than it was in the past, right? Yeah. And you want your best day to be better than that, right? Yeah. I think if people do what you just said and rape their food, you know, like set- uh, yeah, ra- ra- yeah, rape that food anally. No, no, no. no. I just oh. said rape, rape. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, I got excited. Yeah. It's not food porn. Sorry about that. That was a low point in the podcast. I don't know what happened. The Smokey's in here. You got excited? Yeah. Yeah. No, like if you were to write down what your goal was, like to whether lose weight or gain weight, and then every time you sat down to, and you looked at your plate, scale of one to 10, and don't lie to yourself. Yeah. I think that'd be, that'd be fucking huge. Yeah. And maybe even at the end of the day, you got like some points, right? Like you, yeah. you, you, you either, uh, you know, if you had six meals or however many meals, did you have, uh, you know, 50 points, 60 points, or did you fall short somewhere? Did you kind of screw up? Did you, um, I mean, I, I do that. Like my diet is not, I would say that the most, for the most part, every once in a while, I would say that I probably reach like an eight or a nine, but it's never perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I have wine with my wife here and there, um, probably more than I should. Like I just, you know, and, um, Things like protein bars and little things will sneak in there. And I have ways of justifying it just like anybody else. I'm, I'll be like, yeah, this is fine. You know, this is, there's certain things I, I try not to even purchase because I know that like, I don't, I don't understand how to control that. And I'll also find weird shit. Like when you're 
hungry and when you're mm-hmm. you're like a bear like raiding your um <laughs> this is actually funny and andy for is gonna want to shoot me for this but <laughs> i'm gonna go for it anyway this guy is so fat he's got such a fat mentality fat guy mentality i really honestly uh respect the hell out of the guy he's lo- he went from 330 350 pounds to 200 and about i think he's about 250 now so he's lost a lot of weight he's done a great job but in that process of losing weight, he's so addicted to food that his wife had to put a lock on their pantry. Damn. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. And not only that, <laughs> not only that, but every once in a while, he'll find where the key is and still break in there <laughs> and still eat all the food. Yeah, there he is at 330 versus 277. That's I mean, he's a, he's a pretty open guy. He'd probably say it, but I never heard him talk about it on his podcast. <laughs> His, his uh, brother spilled the beans on that one. So, oh, no. yeah, I mean, that's how strong these, uh, these cravings really are. I, th- I you know, anyone that, that thinks it's not a, an addiction, mm-hmm. um, I think is, is not paying attention. No, their eyes open. They're not seeing, they're not seeing, you know, what I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, Ohio 1986. Um, it's kind of hard to, uh, to really answer his question, but it just, it, it brings up something that I wanted to ask you about, but, uh, he's I'm asking. Not gay. Oh, what again? What are we doing here then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he's asking for nutrition suggestions for somebody working the night shift. Um, he works seven p.m. to seven a.m. and I, I don't really know what you would recommend for that. But when it comes to sleep, I know everyone's sleeping on sleep. You know what I mean? Like they they don't take it as seriously as yeah. they need to. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, your sleep has to factor in there somewhere. Yeah. You need, need to get your asses to sleep. So when, when you were 3.30, what was oh. your sleep like compared to what it's like right now? Uh, I've talked about this before where, you know, I really think that I, I just, uh, there was a, a good period of time, you know, there was a good period of time there where I really didn't sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've said before, it's probably like three or four years worth of not sleeping, which sounds insane, but... Um, I would sleep probably for the most part, I'd probably sleep for about two hours Jeez. at a time. Um, and maybe if I was lucky, I would get, <laughs> I would get four hours total, you know, cause I would sleep for two hours and then wake up and sleep for another two hours. But, um, you know, that, that whole story is a weird one because I was trying to gain weight for powerlifting and, and I did, and I was big and strong and jacked but then i went from i went from that to just being fat at one point or several points even um because in my effort to be bigger i was consuming a lot of food during the day but i didn't really it kind of snuck up on me that i ended up getting like addicted to food Mm -hmm. because then i would wake up in the middle of the night and like go kill like a bowl of cereal Mm -hmm. you know shit like that and so that took me a long time to even overcome that. I mean, I only, I only kind of overcame that as of like a year ago. Um, and I, and I, but I did that through, um, I, I replaced that with like a protein shake kind of before, before that time. Like I've done that for like the last two or three years, but that took a long time to break that habit. So for this guy with like the night shift thing, I mean, the unfortunate news is that your diet's the same. You know, your diet's the same girl, boy, whatever, whatever you are, old, young, um, you and, and whether you're, uh, traveling to, uh, LA or you're traveling to New York or whatever, diet's the same. It doesn't mm-hmm. change. 
And so the sleep is something that he'll have to try to manage and have to try to figure out. But the, in terms of the food, it's going to be the same. Now, the easiest meal prep of all time is called intermittent fasting. And I know it's not easy to get in a habit of that, but if you can get yourself into a ketogenic state, your meal prep looks like this right here. It looks like absolutely nothing. You don't need anything. And I, it's, that sounds like a kind of a crazy proposition, but there's people that you can listen to um, on YouTube. Dominic D'Agostino is somebody that uh, you might want to listen to some of his stuff. He talks about um, fasting. Fasting can, uh, can, can really help in a lot of ways. Now, if you think that's crazy and you don't want to fast, um, the other thing too, I think people forget about too, is they'll say, oh, I work nights or I work, you know, this or that. Uh, how often do you work nights? You know, do you work every night? You work seven days? You know, like probably, yeah. probably don't. Right. So it's really sometimes three, four, maybe five times a week that you're doing that. Um, and so you still at least have two weeks off or two days off to recover. Sometimes, sometimes people like if they're cops or if they're firemen, uh, they're in this like rotation where they go like four mm -hmm. days on, two days off and, or however it works. Right. Um, and you might get some, <clears throat> might get some reprieve, might get a little break, uh, from some, some of that. But, uh, in terms of like if you're trying to keto diet, um, you don't need, in my opinion, you don't need tons of meal prep either. You can get, there's a, a company called Epic. They make bison bars. They make bacon bars. They make, uh, I had a Wagyu beef bar the other day. Um, you can bring stuff with you like uh, string cheese or um, there's, there's all different kinds of cheeses that come wrapped up, convenient to eat, uh, cured meats. Um, uh, you got uh, like salami and pepperoni and all those things start to become pretty easy options. You can hard boil some eggs. You can also stop at any Starbucks and uh, Starbucks always has their protein box, which has, uh, you just can't eat the little bread thing in there and the mm -hmm. fruit. Uh, if you're on a low carb diet, but it at least has the option of you get uh, hard boiled eggs, you get some cheese. Um, there's always, there's always options around. We talked on this podcast about the flying Dutchman, the, mm. the stuff that you can get from, uh, in and out burger, um, McDonald's, their burgers are s supposedly, uh, fresh every day. I mean, who knows mm -hmm. what the hell, you know, who knows what's, what's in some of these meats, but there's still a better option than what you were doing previously. Yeah. Um, when it comes to fasting, cause I, I can't remember where I heard it, but someone said if you, whether it's consuming a drink or even a light amount of food mm -hmm. or something, like if you stay under a certain amount of calories, you can still kind of stay in that fasting state. Is, yeah. is that accurate? Or Yeah, I just say like, let's let's just leave fasting, fasting, and let's not try to right. redefine it. Like fasting is just not eating anything. Um, there's now there's, there can be some different levels to it. So people say not even, don't even drink any coffee. Yeah. Um, just, you know, make, make your own rule, make your own, make your own rule for it and don't really mm -hmm. sweat it too much. Like if you want to have coffee with some butter in it, like, is it still better than what you were doing before? As long as it's better than what you were doing before. I've had many people in here utilize like a coffee fast, which I talk about in my book. Mm -hmm. Um, and that worked really well to, to help with hunger and it helped with, uh, weight loss. Um, if you don't want the extra calories and you don't want to like break, that is officially breaking the fast though. Once you consume any calories, um, even if it's branched chain amino acids or anything, uh, pre-workout drinks, uh, all of it is, uh, is, is a breaking of the fast. I, I know there's some people that say, oh, if it's 15 calories or 30 calories and it's not. And so those are just, 
it's just bullshit. Like a, a fast is where you're not consuming anything. Yeah. And the fastest way to truly fast is to fast without anything at all, without even drinking any water. And that's actually the best way to get the fastest results, but also the most dangerous because mm-hmm. you're not drinking any water. Yeah. But it's how autophagy happens uh, a lot faster that way. Yeah. Alex asks if you work out while fasted. Yeah, I have before. Um, but I think you just want to be reasonable, you know, mm-hmm. like I've done a 48 hour fast before and, and, uh, and, and lifted on that. But, um, I know, uh, you know, Ben Greenfield, Ron Penna, uh, Mike O'Hearn, I know a lot of guys that are, um, performing at a high level that use quite a bit of fasting. Um, I think that you can use intermittent fasting pretty often. You can use it every day. <laughs> Some people will fast, uh, 12 hours almost every single day, 12 to 16 hours every single day. I think that's, uh, kind of what Ron Penna does. But for mm-hmm. me, I, you know, I just pick and choose. I'm like, all right, I'll fast today. It depends. You know, if you have a real goal and you're really trying to head towards something, then maybe you want to try it for a while. But I think the worst thing that anyone can do is to fuck up their diet today and then try to go super strict tomorrow. Cause it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. And so even when you even when you decide that you're going to have a meal that's, that doesn't normally fit your, what you're trying to do and doesn't normally fit your goals, it doesn't mean you need to have three more of those before you go to bed. You're not running out of time. Uh, hopefully you'll wake up tomorrow and you'll still be alive and you'll still have another day to fulfill. And hopefully that you'll live a couple extra days, right? Where you, you're still going to have opportunities to eat pizza. You're mm-hmm. still going to have opportunities to eat ice cream and it doesn't have to all happen in one day. I think... What happens is we go to like, um, you know, a baseball game or something and we have a hot dog and a pretzel and a beer. And then we're like, okay, the whole day shot, fuck it. I'm just going to go nuts. Yeah. Right. And that's very common, but, and, and it's, it actually makes sense because your, your taste buds have been, they've been changed. Right. Um, it's almost like, like how, how great, how great is a cup of orange juice in the morning? fucking fantastic it's incredible. yeah but brush your teeth beforehand and see how good it is right it's disgusting right it does not taste good now some people utilize brushing their teeth as like a yeah as a as a sensation and as a, a, a rule to like this is the cutoff mm-hmm. and if you were to brush your teeth uh, as soon as you finish dinner you know maybe like little things like that maybe they can help you because you're like ah i already brushed my teeth i don't have to do it again and i'm just gonna fucking go to bed yeah um and i think people sometimes are just being unreasonable with what it is that they're trying to do. You know, always go back to the basics. Um, if you're trying to utilize fasting and, uh, you're having coffee and you're having, uh, you know, a little bit of heavy cream in there and stuff. I just don't, I just don't think it matters that much. Um, unless you're trying to obtain something that's really hard to obtain, like trying to get to 5% body fat. Well, then you're, you're going to want to try to figure these things out a little bit better and and dive deeper in them, into them and, and listen to somebody who's a fasting expert. Yeah. There's books on it. There's all kinds of information on it. Did you ever have to cut weight? Like when you were, um, powerlifting or competing, I mean? Yeah. Um, just cause, uh, I did a bunch. Jay Watkins was asking, he's three days out from a competition and he wants to know like, what's a good way to start cutting weight right now? Three days out? Yeah. You know, the story is long and complicated, but normally, uh, water manipulation is utilized where you just, you'll usually drink more water Mm -hmm. and then you, uh, you'll restrict carbohydrates. Um, and, uh, normally you just try to like pee it out, especially if it's like five pounds, depending on how much the person weighs, yeah. um, the more that they weigh, the more that you can kind of swing. 
with the with the body weight mm-hmm. um it's hard to it's hard to really just give out the advice just because it's it's too long-winded but george lockhart um is somebody that's helped a lot of the people here at super training gym mm-hmm. uh with some of that info and uh maybe if you hit up filipino thunder mm-hmm. on instagram he might be uh willing to spill the beans to you a little bit because he has a lot of great information he's mm-hmm. taken a lot of uh what george lockhart has put together and um and Jesse Burdick, Jesse Burdick's a guy that will, will program for you and help you out. And you can hit him up on Instagram too. He's just at Jesse Burdick. Um, he knows a great deal about prepping for powerlifting meets as well as, uh, those, those weight cuts. But the main thing people usually do a really common practice is you're three days out from a competition. You're going to start to maybe drink two gallons of water. Uh, when you're two days out from the competition, maybe you just have, maybe you cut back that water a tiny bit and then, uh, the, the day before the weigh-in, maybe you have about a gallon of water. What you're really trying to do is you're trying to drink so much water, you're trying to water load, uh, that your, your body, um, releases a hormone that makes you want to pee more. So you take the water that you are taking in, let's say, let's just hypothetically say that you consumed, you know, uh, five pounds, five pounds of water, mm-hmm. right? The theory is that because you consumed five pounds of water and that's not normal, you released a hormone and now you're going to release six pounds of water. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so that's where some of that research and some of that information comes from. But you can also do like a sauna, you can do some of these things, mm-hmm. but just always keep in mind that the more that you're going to try to weight cut, the more you're rolling the dice. And if you don't have somebody in your corner that really knows stuff about it, I would say have a cheeseburger. Don't worry about it. There you go. Yeah. George Lockhart <laughs> talked about uh, what you were just saying about water loading on our podcast. So you can definitely go check that out. It might be a little too late to do it three days out, but um, yeah, for anybody else, go check out that. Episode. I see that there's a question about how often do I fast? And I, you know, I just, I, you know, I'm just kind of, I'll just mix it up here and there. Although coming up, I think I'm going to start to utilize more fasting, but, uh, I'm also going to start doing, uh, I'm also going to start taking the running a little bit more seriously too. So we'll see, we'll see how all this pans out, but I'll let everybody know. Um, I will, uh, I'll shoot YouTube videos about it. I'll obviously be talking about it a lot here. I'll let people know uh, as much as I can on, on Instagram because, um, that's my passion. That's what I love to do. I love to share information. Yeah. Um, I know you don't partake, um, neither do I, but have you seen any benefits to smoking weed after a workout, like from anybody that you've spoken to? Um, I have not heard much about, like, I I certainly haven't heard anything about, um, any sort of science or research. Mm -hmm. Um, that actually be a great question. If you could write it down and keep and keep yeah. it uh, that came close from, to us because that would be great to ask to uh, Lane Norton. Yeah, that came from Richard T on the YouTubes. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I um, when it when it comes to when it comes to things like that, like if you if you take something and you feel better from it, then uh, that's that's a decent gauge. But um, you also have to kind of think about. Um, you know, what is that doing towards your goal? Like, is that helping you to relax and then you're Mm -hmm. falling asleep? Mm, You know, I don't know. Maybe you can make some arguments that it's good, but what, you know, listening to Michael Walker talk about sleep, Mm -hmm. he's kind of saying, no, like there's, there's not an excuse to be a pothead. There's not an excuse to be a drunk. Yeah. He was saying that it actually makes you skip REM sleep. Yeah. That's crazy. 
I know. And, you know, alcohol is weird because it's like a sedative and it kind of takes you down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And like, if you just have like one beer and one glass of wine, you're just like, man, I just need a pillow somewhere and I'm, (laughs) I'm good to go. Right. Mm -hmm. And it helps. It kind of seems like it helps you get to sleep, but then from there, um, you don't get the deep sleep that you need either. It's kind of a restless night. And, um, you know, most of us aren't really thinking about it that way. I think we're, we're, we're thinking that we're going to get, uh, some great benefit from it. Cause it, it really does feel like it helps you relax. It does feel like it helps take you down, but mm-hmm. yeah, that information, uh, from Michael Walker on just listen to Joe Rogan's podcast when he had him on there, it's like a three mm-hmm. hour thing. I think it's really that's... beneficial for everybody. Now that's what that guy studies all the time. Yeah. And so of course he's going to be fucking militant and crazy about it. Right. Um, who knows how the studies were conducted that he found out. But I mean, they said, uh, that when you're training, when, when you get good sleep and you go back to the training that you did, uh, the previous day, you're 60%. This is what he said. He said, you're 60% better Mm -hmm. than you were at the end of that last practice by getting a good night of sleep. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, man. I think sometimes, you know, the the gain, the quote unquote gains that we get, uh, aren't always the most important thing. I think it's what we're missing out on is the most important thing. And I think if you're just missing out on good sleep, you're probably just missing out on some good hormone production. Whether you want to attach a percentage to that or not, I think that that ends up being kind of a mistake because it's just so hard to really judge. But if I'm not producing the testosterone that I need, then I'm not going to wake up every morning with a boner. And then I'm not going to be late to work all the time because I'm with my wife. Right. Right. And that's not good because then I'm going to be frustrated. Then you're going to have to give me a hand job in the bathroom. Then Jessica Smith's going to be like, why are you guys in the bathroom for so long all the time? Be like, leave me alone. Greatest day of my life. Yeah, and we're like, we're not gay, and she thinks we're gay, and then it turns into a whole thing, she and then she starts judging to ruin us. everything. Yeah, she's just jelly. Um, <laughs> Stop being jelly, Jessica Smith. Yeah. We've had uh, a couple people say different things. Um, Stan Efferding said he doesn't understand where people got the idea that we need to be drinking gallons of water a day, or mm-hmm. a gallon. Uh, George Lockhart kind of said an, the opposite, was like, you know, we need to be drinking more water. Yeah. What's your stance on how much water we should be drinking? I think, uh, I think a lot of us have gotten the, uh, gotten the memo about water. And I think, uh, you see more and more people walking around with, uh, canteens and water bottles and, uh, Yetis and all these different things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people have been doing a better job of hydrating and maybe Stan has a good point. Like maybe, maybe we're doing a, maybe we got that, you know, mm-hmm. down pretty good. I think it is a good way to start your morning. Uh, having Kyle on the podcast, he said, you know, wake just every morning you wake up, uh, you, you lost, you lost some water, you know, in, in your sleep. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. I'll lose five or six pounds every single night. Obviously I'll regain it cause it's just, it's just water, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, and for other people who are smaller, they might be losing two or three pounds almost every single night. And so, yeah, you should, you should try to, the, the easiest thing to do is we wake up, have a glass of water, throw a little bit of salt in it. Yeah. If you hate the taste of salt, just salt your food at some other point in the day or whatever. But, um, I think a gallon is probably like kind of excessive. Um, however, if, if you're feeling tired in the middle of the day, if you're getting headaches and things like that, maybe, maybe you should look into that. But Mm -hmm. if you feel good, if you feel good, then march on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Aubrey Marcus in his book, I just started, Mm -hmm. um, he talks about, yeah, uh, 12 ounces with, uh, I think three grams of sea salt and some lemon. He's jacked. He's in good shape. Yeah. So he's someone I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to listen to, but. 
So I'm Dude, how it. do we how do we get into that like club that, like that like, tribe? Yeah, they, so they have a tribe. It's like Aubrey Marcus, Kyle Kingsbury, and a couple other dudes, and they're all just like running around in speedos. Yeah, I was gonna say naked. Yeah, like I just want to be involved. Like, how do I just? I mean, can can you at least be there taking pictures or something? That, I mean, I, that's usually my way in. I can mean, we get you in there. I asked you one day, hey, can I take pictures? And oh, look at me now. Yeah, it's like <laughs> so. Maybe if we go up to uh, see Kyle while he's here in the bay, and be like, hey, we just want to go hang out. And the next thing you know, we're naked yeah, drinking we, ayahuasca. Yeah. Can we all get high and like stretch each other out in Speedos and stuff or no? I'm in. I'm mm. down. <laughs> I don't know. What is this? Yeah. I think that's pretty much it, man. I think we uh, we nailed what we needed to nail. Diet-wise, I think I've answered enough questions from yeah. these assholes. <laughs> Anything you, else? Uh, we can just hit this one real quick. Um, I can't remember who asked, but they were on your Facebook um, basically exercise tips for someone over 50. And I, I don't know their current uh, state or their um, athletic ability right now. Hmm. But let's just say a, in general, some in, in a person over 50. Um, you know, there's there's many different ways that that look, you yeah. know, uh, over 50. Uh, Stan Efferding is over 50, right? That, yeah, that's what, so, <laughs> I mean, shit, I guess that is kind of hard to answer. But I would, but I would just assume that like, uh, you know, let's just assume that this guy kind of had a normal job, mm-hmm. you know, sold insurance and he got the dad, dad bod going, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he's a little fatter than he'd like, right? So I think, uh, the, the easiest thing to start out with is something called walking and, um, you know, not just, not just going for like a stroll, but actually, you know, trying to get a good pace when you walk. You saw what it's like to try to keep up with Stan while we were trying to film him. Yeah. He almost just took off on us a couple of mm-hmm. times. Yeah. So try to walk with a purpose. Um, do as many 10 minute walks in a day as you can, you can handle. If you feel like occasionally going on a, a longer walk, maybe, uh, you got like a Sunday free or something and you can go and walk with your wife or your kids. Maybe you want to go for more like a half hour walk or something like that, but try to get in a handful of, uh, 10 minute walks throughout the week. That's the easiest place to start and an easy progression from those 10 minute walks, which you might look like a psychopath, but that's okay. Put on a weight vest and go for a walk. So basically any, just about anybody that I know, even my mom who's recovering from back surgery, just about anybody could handle walking. Mm-hmm. And now would we be able to put a, uh, would be able to put a weight vest on, on her to walk if it was just a pound or two? Sure. Yeah. So most people can handle that. It's a great place to start. And then if you've never really been into a gym before and never had any, you don't have training experience, that's where it's a good idea to invest in a personal trainer. You know, if you don't think you want to have a trainer for a long time, say, Hey, show me how to lift. Show me like some things I can do on my own. I can't afford it. I can afford you for this week and that's about it. And I'll have to move on. A lot of YouTube videos, Mm -hmm. bodybuilding.com. You know, don't forget about bodybuilding.com is a great resource. And that's where many people started, you know? Yeah. Real quick. You had said you would eat a lot of cereal in the middle of the night. What's your favorite cereal? Uh, my favorite cereal ever. Uh, Let's see. Well, let me let me try to think about what it was that I ate as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I really liked a lot, and uh, I heard that this was one of the first cereals, and it was one of the first cereals to use sugar. Mm-hmm. I guess Kellogg's back in the day they didn't want to use the guy that created that. He didn't want to <laughs> go the sugar route. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's Super Golden Crisp. Ooh, 
was like the first one. That was good. And I don't, and no one really cares about that one, but for some reason, like that's what I used to just eat the hell out of as a kid. It's so sweet. Um, listen to this. Listening. Just released from the hospital yesterday, brother. Time spent with family is always the best. Love you like you're my little brother. Give my love to the rest of the family, especially your pops, C.T. Fletcher. Damn. Way to go, C.T. What a fucking beast that guy is. Yeah. Goddamn heart surgery. He never he never gave in one inch when people were telling him, dude, do a GoFundMe, go do this, go do that. He's like, no. Because I'm doing it all on my own. Yeah, he, he's, uh, you know, he's a resilient son of a bitch. And I heard... You know, I I was getting uh, updates from his son, and his son was like, "Shit, he's like walking through this." You know, he's he had some bad days. He had some, you know, I'm sure it's super emotional, and I'm sure mm-hmm. uh, it was hard. But um, he was cranking through it. He was doing squats. He was doing squats with his uh, walker. They were having him do um, dips with his walker, not real, not regular dips like you used to see Arnold and <laughs> Franco Colombo do. But he was doing like mini dips while he had his, you know, while he was uh, in the hospital. To be, and the reason why they have you do that is so you don't fall. It's so that you can really control the walker really well, mm, okay. and they'll have you kind of restore some strength uh, in your legs. But. Um, you know, while CT has been uh, banged up, my dad has been checking in with him a lot. My dad, like, writes him letters and checks in with him all the time. And That's so great. You know, there's um, anybody who's listening to this podcast, you ever get anybody in the hospital, reach out to them. I don't care what it is. Somebody has an accident, they were mowing the lawn and something happened to them or whatever. Um, somebody twists an ankle, somebody... Somebody just has like a really wicked flu and they end up in a hospital for a couple of days or they need a surgery or whatever it is. You should always reach out to people in the hospital. They're fucking terrified. Mm-hmm. They don't know what's coming next. Um, or, and if you can't, if you can't get to them cause they're in a different state or something, I can give them a phone call or something, do something, send them some goddamn flowers or something. Stop being so selfish, Smokey. <laughs> um, didn't some, where's some sort of like something happened today. It was like some sort of release of some, I mean, I heard. I don't know. I was scrolling through Instagram. People seem to be really excited. There was like some sort of new shirt out or something. It's blue. I haven't seen anything. Something about smoke. Something about, I don't know. Uh, let me check out markbellslingshot.com and mm. see if we can find anything. Yeah, pull that up. Let's see what's on here. Oh, top sellers. Wow, look yeah. at that. Uh, the internet's real slow right now. It's coming. Mm. Come on. I think uh, the internet's not the only thing slow around here. Oh, maybe the internet's slow because this fucking picture is like 75 gigs. Who <laughs> yeah. is that? Is that Lee Priest? <laughs> is that Jay Cutler? Oh, it's, oh, oh, it's smoky. I couldn't, the go. angle, all I saw was the arm and the tricep. Yeah. Dude, Jay Cutler, he, oh we on. barely got him here. It's been so tough. Wow. You're, you're really blowing that horn. <laughs> Lil Smokey approved. What is, is there going to be a whole release of this pound town? Like, is it going to be like a brand? He's going to branch off <laughs> poundtown.com. Dang. We're Next stop pound. We'll have a pound town line. Yeah. That's what it'll be. Yeah. Pound town wraps, pound town knee sleeve, pound Ooh. town slingshot. Yeah. All right. The whistle. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have, Josh 
Bryant coming up. Who's that? that? He's he's a he's a he's kind of strong, little little strong. Gas guy. station strong. There he is. Right. Yeah. So that's coming up Thursday. Gas station ready. And then Friday we have Bio Lane himself, Lane Norton. Bio Lane. Yeah. So people who are checking in right now, we got a lot of cool shit coming your way. Hmm. Bio Lane. Yeah, Lane Norton, his girly friend, will be on the podcast as well, and he's got somebody he's rolling with uh, who will be on the podcast as well. So we'll get tons of information from those guys. And don't forget, we are going to have Phil Heath on the podcast coming up. We are having Jay Cutler on the podcast. We have Matt Brown, former UFC fighter, on the podcast. Uh, we got all kinds of, we're just, you know, we're just killing it. Yeah. One step at a time. All right, peeps, that's all the time we got. Strength is never weak this week. This is never strength. Uh, Catch you guys later. Bye.